0: We are beginning the book of Shmot together, the book of Exodus together, um, because we are in the triennial portion. Um, we will be reading the end of the first, the end of the first portion of the book of Shmot, which is called Shmot. Right. So, um, in the Eitz Chaim, your the Eitz Chaim edition of the Torah, what page are we on in the red Wait, book? You tell us chapter and verse. Oh right! So Exodus chapter four, verse eighteen. It's uh, three nineteen. In, in, in the green,
1: in the women's Torah.
0: Three nineteen in the women's Torah commentary. Three thirty-five. Three thirty-five in Eitz Chaim. So for. Uh, those of you in another edition, it's uh, Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. We are. We find ourselves immediately after uh, Moshe has had his encounter with God, the famous theophany, uh, where he comes upon the sneh, the bush that is on fire, but something miraculous is happening. It is on fire, but the actual bush itself is not being consumed by the fire um, it's a lovely amazing uh, scene in, in Torah one of my favorites um, but we're not studying that today so it's immediately after that that uh, that so that, that's Moshe's commissioning so Moshe has been commissioned by God remember Moshe is reluctant he's the reluctant you know prophet he's the reluctant leader the only good leader right is a reluctant leader. So he is very reluctant to to take on this role, both because it seems impossible and because it is not how he understands himself. As somebody who is a public speaker and a public leader, um, he argues with God for a while. God is very patient, and then God gets a little fed up, right, and says, stop arguing with me. Just do what I've asked you to do. Trust me on this one. I'm God, I know what I'm doing, right? Trust me. So finally, um, Moshe uh, accepts his commission um, to go back to Egypt where he is, of course, uh, he is a fugitive from Egypt because he has killed someone. Only Pharaoh has the right to kill someone in Egypt. So Moses is, is in serious trouble, right? He, he's, his life is forfeit, essentially. So he is a fugitive from Egypt, and he's being told go back. So we can understand his reluctance on many many levels. So but he accepts his commission. We are at verse 18 where Moshe must go and get permission from his father-in-law to leave. Right? He's he works for his father-in-law, he runs the company and so he needs to go tell the chairman of the board that he's no longer going to be, right, CEO of of the family business. All right. So somebody want to begin at 18?
2: Moses went back to his father-in-law, Jethro, and said to him, Let me go back to my kinsfolk in Egypt and see how they are faring. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Adonai said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the authorities who sought to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons mounted them on an ass and went back to the land of Egypt and Moses took the rod of God
0: with him. All right, so clearly this is not in order. Right? This is not in chronological order. This is where things get a little confusing in Torah. Things move back and forth unless it's kind of a uh, a discussion about eventually he was going to go back to Egypt because right he's, he's going back to his father-in-law to say let me go to my family in Egypt and see my English says how they are faring, but, right? But the text actually says, ha'odam Chaim to see if they're still alive. <clears throat> so Moshe wants to go back and check in. Why doesn't he tell Yitro what's really going on? Why does he? Why doesn't he? doesn't he? He's not going back to see if his family's alive. What's he going back for?
3: But hasn't he already told about the, he hasn't told Jethro about the bush? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm.
0: Jethro's a Midian priest. Jethro's a Midian priest, so <laughs> he might not understand. He might not get <laughs> that some invisible that force called Yahweh says, "You need to go back there and pam free the slaves." Free the slaves. So why might he be a little hesitant to tell Yitro he's going to go free the slaves? Maybe might not yes. like this. Maybe yes. Yutro has slaves. Maybe he's thinking, wait a minute, what are you saying about my system? What else? I can think of a lot of reasons. Okay. What are, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> um,
2: uh, uh, assumedly, Yutro some another god. Uh-huh. Maybe didn't want to offend
3: him.
0: So I'm but leaving your deity. Above him. And I'm listening to somebody else now. Yeah.
3: He's also breaking up the
0: family. He's breaking up the family. He's going to take Zipporah. If you were Yitro and Moshe told you the truth about where you were going, do you think you'd let Zipporah go? With your grandchildren. With your grandchildren? No. Way. no. So for lots of reasons, Moshe's a little elusive about what he's really going to do. Um, And then we get this statement that looks like it should have gone somewhere else, right? So go back to Egypt, God says to Moshe, for all the people who wanted to kill you are dead. Moshe took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and went back to Egypt. Moshe taking the rod of God with him. So Moshe, Zipporah, and both boys go to Egypt, we're told here. Later, when the... Israelites are brought out of Egypt we're told that Yitro brings Zipporah and the two boys to Moshe it's confusing it's confusing because we're not told when she's sent home we are told she was sent back we're not told when that happened or why we do not have that story some people want to connect what we're about to read with why she is eventually sent back we don't know so, but it's, it seems they did go, and then at some point they are sent home. Alright, so the rod of God, we get this this reference, right? We're not sure exactly, there's lots of references um, to this, and um, some people in our tradition want to make the same rod be the one that Aharon uses, that Moshe uses, and that is used of God in describing God sometimes, right? As God having a in ancient Near Eastern tradition, um, the gods had a rod, right? Think of Zeus, the lightning bolt, you know, so that, that idea of a rod being something powerful, like kings have scepters, queens have scepters, right? It is, it is a symbol of absolute authority. Um, we know that Moshe is going to work some miracles using this rod, right, using this staff. So somebody read, please, at Verse 21.
1: And the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the marvels that I have put within your power. I, however, will stiffen his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. I have said to you, let my son go that he may worship me. Yet you refuse to let him go. Now I will slay your firstborn son
0: okay so we get the first reference to this idea of um, pharaoh with this business about the heart there's going to be several words used about this whole heart business in this case it is chazek so i will strengthen pharaoh's heart suggesting in our tradition, the rabbis really understand this to be that Pharaoh's heart was already set in the direction not to let them go, right? It was already set that he was a man who didn't care about the suffering of other people. He had no compassion. Like he was not going to be interested in justice or equity or anything like that. And so his heart is going to get strengthened in that direction. It's not something new. The rabbis are very clear that what hap- what God does is simply intensify what Pharaoh is already experiencing. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. Our tradition really does not want to go to a place where Pharaoh was set up as a complete innocent. Do, do you know what I mean? And God comes in and like manipulates Pharaoh and then pff, squishes it. Like it just. But definitely, there is an a- an element of divine um, influence half the time in. Torah, it seems to reference uh, that this is Pharaoh's kind of way of being um, like an essential part of who he is Um, half of the references to this business are attributed to God so it seems that Pharaoh's already somebody who is recalcitrant and God intensifies that for God's own purposes which are what? Free the
2: slaves
0: God could free the slaves without stiffening Pharaoh's heart it would happen sooner if Pharaoh's heart were not stiffened. I think to God think the boss. <laughs> this is a showdown. This is more than freeing the slaves. This is Vafe wanting to make it clear. Yeah. Supremacy. I am supreme, right? Exactly right. Wasn't the the Pharaoh was semi-divine? Yes. Forget semi, right? <laughs> it was divine. Yeah, it was. divine is going to be a god of Egypt. Absolutely, absolutely. So this is God taking on God Our in, god in Egypt, god. and and all therefore of the other gods of Egypt. Because if if Buffet is this clearly in charge, um, then and and in order to bring these plagues, um, Pharaoh has to not give in, so that God has God's own agenda going on here. All right, but we're going to go to um, this business. God says, Israel is my firstborn son. So all children of the world are mine. All peoples of the world are mine. However, there is a special relationship between me and Israel, And so I want you to say to Pharaoh, let my son go. That my son might, what's the Hebrew word here? That my son might do what? Ya Avdaini. Serve me. That my son may serve me. You refuse to let him go. Now I will slay your firstborn son. Hear all of these references to son. Israel is God's son. God challenges Pharaoh. Let my child, my son go. Pharaoh says no. So God says, "Well then, you now make your for, you make your son forfeit. His life is forfeit now." That is exactly Remember that language as we move right into this next scene. Okay? Hold those references with you as we go into this next scene. Somebody read at 24.
1: At a night encampment on the way, Hashem encountered him and sought to kill him. So Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's poor skin and touched his lips
3: with it, saying, You are truly a bridegroom of blood to me. And when God let him alone, she added, A bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision.
0: Okay. So, between the commissioning of Moshe and his next official act as... This newly commissioned prophet leader, spokesperson for vav hey leader of the people, there is this bizarre incident. Right? It is incredibly terse, even for Torah. Even for Torah, this is pretty terse. Which suggests what? We've been studying together for a while now. If it's this terse, what might it suggest? Something's missing. Something's missing. We've lost the rest of this. Story. We've lost the rest of this tradition. One reason might be why. Why isn't it here? It was so well known. You don't. All you have to say is that business with Zipporah on the way with the flint knife. Everyone knew this story, right?
3: So, <coughs> Rabbi, isn't there some confusion about whether it's. Moses or the son that's being circumcised?
0: Thank you, Ruvain. Thank you, Ruvain. Who brings us, right, to our looking at the text a little more closely. Because as terse as it is, it's highly confusing. At a night encampment on the way, they are camped on the way going from Midian back to Egypt, right? What does the Hebrew tell us? On the way. Bamalon, a night encampment. Malon usually, like in modern Hebrew, means hotel, an inn, right? So Malon probably chosen for its closeness to the Hebrew word for circumcision, which is Milah. Milah. Mila. So Malon Milah, right? We can't miss the alliteration here. Va'yiv Geshehu Yudhe Vavhe. God pagashes somebody. Okay. So, God is pagashing somebody in order to kill him. Okay. So, God pagashes. So, let's remember pagash. Interesting that we have God pagashing in order to kill. And then we'll see what happens at the end of the episode. Then, we've got. God pursuing somebody, right? Coming after meeting somebody, and not in a happy way, um, to kill him. Who might Yudhei Buffet be looking to kill? What are, the, what are our choices? No, Moses. God. Someone pursuing us. The baby. The baby. Wh- which baby? Well, could be Gershom. First
1: the firstborn. The youngest.
0: Could be the youngest. Could be Eliezer. <coughs> Who else might it be? Stranger. Who's what stranger? I don't know. God seeks to God's coming after them on the way to kill him.
1: Somebody else entirely. Yeah, just somebody <laughs> else entirely.
2: Strangers.
0: Okay. So, why would he kill Uh-huh. So, this story depending on how we read it, it has a very different meaning right there's lots there's there's lots of different stuff going on but there's different it means something different depending on partly what's going on here okay so why is god seeking to kill somebody if it's moses why might god be coming after moses given what Sepporah does because he hasn't circumcised his son. Because Moses hasn't circumcised one of his sons. Which one? Presumably.
3: Why not? Why not either son? one? Per-
0: did he do the first? Is it possible that he, he, he did? We don't know. Here's the challenge. We don't know. So some scholars want to say the deal with Zipporah and the Midianite Midianite tradition was one son would be for her and her tradition. But the second son, it was understood, would be circumcised the way Israelites circumcise their children. Midianites circumcise, by the way. So do Egyptians.
3: Do we know that Moses is circumcised? We do
0: not know anything. Right. We don't know anything.
4: But do
0: they circumcise
4: differently? How do you circumcise differently? I
0: mean, who got that different? A man or a woman? Good, Linda. It's about when you circumcise. Circumcision was generally understood by anthropologists to be a rite of fertility at 13. Preparing for fertility, right? That's the point, some people say, of circumcision. Well, is, is, is to this. make the male member appear as it does when it's ready to have intercourse. That that is the purpose of circumcision. No. And it's
3: also, yeah. syme- and it's also yes. symmetric. What? And it's also symmetric with menstrual flow, which happens around 12, 13 or whatever. Correct. Before so these all would have been, right? Balance.
0: Fertility, right? All about starting pubescence.
3: Right.
0: Right? So it was a rite of passage. It was a bloody, painful, Awful And I don't mean awful like bad Yucky. Awesome experience That many cultures have At pubescence Right, that right of path When our kids complain about bar mitzvah <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. You have seven aliyot to learn Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So um, Other cultures Including possibly median um, Have this as a right Guess when Marriage. At marriage, right before marriage. What do we call, so before we go, okay. So right before marriage, so we've got birth, adolescence, and not long after pubescence would have been marriage, right? So so possibly someone's come, God's coming after Moses because Moses didn't circumcise <coughs> one of his sons, or, or himself. Or himself. But given that Egyptians and Hebrews circumcised, there's every reason to believe that the baby Moshe was. might have he been was. circumcised. We don't know, but it, but there's reason to believe he was.
3: Did the Egyptians circumcise at birth or at
0: later? I think it's later. So Gershom, if this, this if vav heh is coming after Gershom or Eliezer, why? Why come after Gershom or Eliezer?
1: Particularly because it wouldn't have been their fault if they weren't. Wouldn't have been their size. fault.
0: Unify the family. To Yud-Hibave is coming after the kid to kill the kid because? To make the parents suffer. To make the parents. Why make Moshe and Sipora suffer? Aha! So to punish Moses. What did we just read? You're going to go to Pharaoh and say, free my son. Pharaoh's going to say no. So what happens because of that?
1: Kills the son.
0: Pharaoh's son is forfeit. His life is forfeit. So maybe... The firstborn's life is forfeit unless and until something's done, ritually to change that. You, Moshe, are about to go challenge Pharaoh, and in that challenge, Pharaoh's going to lose his son. You cannot go back there and even think about beginning this until you have taken care of the business at home with your son, because his life is forfeit. Let's make it clear. His life is forfeit.
2: Suberty or uh,
0: you know the three other times. Where did the, after birth come from? God We're so. not told. We we don't know. Well, I mean, God I mean, says, says so
1: in the Torah. In the Torah, it's God, says, God so. says so. Where
0: does it come from? We don't know. So I think it's more humane. Clearly, it's a it's an Israelite innovation on the practice. It is clearly a new understanding of what circumcision is about possibly once you're going to radically change the meaning of a ritual you need to change something else like when you do it that this is no longer a fertility rite the Israelites were moving away from the pagan idea of fertility rituals and rites and deities and moving instead into an idea of covenant so if you're going to bring a child into the but how do they look
2: different if everyone else is being circumcised just later I thought it was to make them look different no
0: it was never about making them look different It was about completing creation. It was about making the male member perfect. That's it. And as a sign of the covenant between Israel and God. What other people do is their business.
4: What do you mean making it perfect?
0: Because it was understood by the Israelite people that the male member was not perfect uncircumcised. Something had to be done. A perfect penis is one that looks ready for intercourse. And it's not perfected until the orla is removed, until the foreskin is removed.
3: Is there anything in the commentary about any parallels between uh, Abraham holding the knife over Isaac and God holding the knife over either Gershom or Eliezer? Not okay. that I
0: know of. Only because we're not told how that looks. Right. God is coming after them to kill them. We're not and told. We, but we what know. I'd like to see is Avraham holding the knife over Yitzchak and Sipora holding the knife over whoever it is she's right. holding the knife over. Right. That's a very interesting parallel.
1: Aren't they both flint? <sighs>
2: think, no? uh,
0: Abraham's is a ma'achelet. Oh, okay. the, the knife he uses is a ma'achelet. What does ma'achelet sound like? To eat. Why? Because you you eat the meat. Also, people would often in the ancient world stab meat with their knife and eat it off the knife. I like to do as well. (laughs) Um, So you eat it off the knife. Then, um, um, so then I'm not sure. it Suggests flint, but.
3: Can we get back to this uh,
0: Please, Ruben. <laughs> thank you. All right. So possibly possibly this is a parallel, right? you, you can't go you can't go challenging Pharaoh whose son is going to die without taking care of the business with your son, Moshe, right? What is an argument for this?
1: The other doesn't really make
0: did, that much sense This to me doesn't make much sense You
1: mean that it was someone else
0: it, Someone else I entirely know. Doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense I mean I'm not saying it can't be But it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense we'll just go
2: back Abraham circumcised himself right? Yes And then who circumcised Isaac
0: Presumably Abraham what? Abraham. Abraham. Abraham Yeah So he father circumcises son
2: oh.
0: is how it goes. Okay. All right. So he he sought, So Yahweh sought to call to kill. Yerivahb sought to kill him. We've got a couple of options up here. So Sipporah, of course, takes a flint knife, of <laughs> course, and cuts off her son's foreskin. Okay. Of course. Right? So your family's in danger. You grab a flint knife and cut off your son's foreskin, right? Um, and touched his legs with it. We're clear that one of these two is the one who is circumcised, which meant they were not before, which lends some credence to the idea that it was the son and not Moshe in terms of um, not being circumcised, right? Because yeah. it's the son... But it could be that this is a right to transfer because if Moshe wasn't circumcised and he's got to get circumcised now, what would that mean for the journey? He, he would be incapacitated. So possibly Tzipora. so let's, let's guess that it's Moshe himself who's not circumcised. You can't be my agent and go challenging all this business without you yourself being fully in. Fully into this people. You can't go for them on their behalf. Right? Protesting. Like, let the people go. Right? You, you're all in. You identify completely with this people or it won't work. So then you've got to circumcise yourself. But if she circumcises Moshe, he's now incapacitated. So she circumcises her son and touches the foreskin to whose legs? Moses. Moshe's. She circumcises her son. She touches the blood to Moshe's legs in order to say, let it stand for him. A ritual act of transferring the effect of the rite, R-I-T-E, onto Moshe. Support for that reading is found in what she says could be found, let me be clear, because she says chatan li." A chatan of blood are you to me. What is a chatan? A groom. A groom. A chatan is a groom. So that would make some sense that he's called chatan. <clears throat> that it's his legs she touches. You are now a bridegroom of blood to me. You are now, circu- you weren't circumcised before we got married, as should have happened. Now you are a complete groom to me. It
1: seems strange that it's the poor that does all this. Because you said that it was the father... And so, why wouldn't Moses be the one to circumcise What sizes? is
0: Yitro to Moshe in Hebrew? In Hebrew, his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. In Hebrew, what if we just saw it? He went back to Yitro to get permission to leave. This is so exciting. Verse eighteen: Vayelech Moshe, vayeshav el He returns to Yetir. Hot? No. His what? his hatan oh, okay,
2: yeah.
0: his father-in-law
2: That's not...
0: hmm. so if this now you are a father-in-law to me don't read groom what does it make tzipporah
2: <laughs> so, Tzipor, in why Tsipora? Tsipora
0: has taken over In this action The role of The father of the clan Whose responsibility it was To see that everybody is circumcised Therefore she becomes To Moshe his Chatan His father-in-law She takes on the role of Yitro Doing What needed to be done and saving everybody's life. But she does so taking on the authority of Moshe's hatan. His father-in-law.
1: But that wouldn't satisfy, theoretically, God. And what God's commandment was. It does. but I, I know, but I mean, traditionally, because it's the men who do it. And besides which, she was a Midianite. First of all,
0: there's nothing in Torah that says it has to be a man.
1: It was just... Who did, it, who did it? And you wouldn't expect a Midianite priest to do it, for God.
0: I mean, it was a it's, not, priestess. it's not in his
1: well, She wasn't a priestess. She was, uh, ha,
0: ha, ha, was ha, ha, ha. Priestess. So, in some scholarly thinking, that's exactly what she is.
1: But She is a She priest. is
0: the daughter of the high priest of Midian. You had better believe she was a priestess. She was a high priestess. How else does somebody know when there's something freaky going on? How to pick up a flint knife and circumcise somebody? She, how does she know? Like most of us, something, somebody, God forbid, something happens to somebody here at this table. We all kind of freeze. Who doesn't freeze? A doctor, a paramedic, they jump up. That, well, maybe moms and dads, you know, jump up and, and run and start doing what has to be done. It's instinctive, out of practice, out of doing it as routine over and over and over. Sa- Sarah, Zipporah was a priestess and she knew exactly what to do. Alright, so you know what? I I don't want to focus on on that. I'm happy to have a conversation about it, but I don't I don't want to go back to circumcision right now. I want to move us into another. So what's the other so she she circumcises her son, she touches the foreskin to Moshe's legs. That that suggests that Yunai Buffet was after whom?
2: Moshe.
0: Possibly after Moses. If she circumcises her son and she touches the blood to what's another possibility? To
1: the child. Their
0: legs. Why? Saying, You are a bridegroom of blood to me.
2: You were married to the covenant, is what it huh? means to me. That now you're married to the covenant. But the
0: circumcision should have done that.
2: Well, and it was symbolic to just throw that down and now you're... (laughs) Throw that down. The marking of the blood will protect the firstborn in
0: Egypt, so this protects the marking of the blood. Very nice! Very nice. Taking that blood and touching it to the legs of her son is protective not about the circumcision, about the destroyer. The destroyer that's been unleashed. Once the destroyer is unleashed, you must mark with blood to protect. Look. Either way, actually, it works, whether it's her son or Moshe. Right? Just as they will put the touch it's the same word, by the way, in Hebrew. They will they will apply the blood to the lintel. So it is that Zipporah applies the blood to either Moshe or her son. In either case, let's be clear that Zipporah was right. Right, however unclear it is, even though we don't know what happened, Zipporah was right. Whoever she chose, however she did it, she knew what to do. Interesting, given that it's Yehi Vavhei who's coming after somebody.
1: It's interesting because this is like the dynamic of an interfaith marriage where in fact it is the mother and the convert who cares more about the kids getting bar mitzvah than the father who's Jewish.
0: Very, very interesting. So, the the other option instead of if we go with this someone else there is a tradition that says it is not God's self God forbid that would come after somebody, what, what would be normative for us An angel. An angel. The destroyer. In that case, there is some folk who want to read that she takes the bloody foreskin and to whose legs does she touch it? The angels.
2: Huh.
0: Right? Either to say Your mission is over. By this blood of circumcision, you're canceled. Your job that you were coming to do is canceled. Write the safe word. Or she says to the angel in touching the blood, you are now a bridegroom of blood to me. I have performed a scary, awful, (laughs) right, intense thing, and you now report to me. Or at least, you know, I have some kind of uh, I have some kind of power over you now. We're in a special relationship after what I just did. You can't hurt him now. You're, you're mine.
2: Is there any other place in Torah where a woman steps forward in that way, <laughs> or you know, is? Is the one. don't miss the
0: upcoming class Real Housewives of the
2: Torah
0: <laughs> thank you for that commercial Sarah
2: um, because it just seems so unusual uh, when, when you think of how women were treated down the ages but you know I'm willing to buy it
0: <laughs> willing to
2: buy what? that uh, what I'm willing to buy is that this woman Sephora was of such character and strength in herself, even if it was five thousand years ago or whatever, that
0: she took over. I think it's possible. It's um it's she's extreme fine, it's extremely possible given that she's the daughter of the high priest. Yeah. That she it's it's plausible to me that ancient peoples knew of women who had a great deal of power. They were women who were Vestal virgins, who were oracles, who were prophetesses, who were magicians, right? So women who stepped outside the normative power structure where they were disempowered and became empowered in a different way. Like it's, it's, it's how like it's the only way I could imagine myself surviving back then is becoming a Vestal virgin, becoming something where you are removed. From a situation which would normally get me killed, my mouth. So she sidesteps the whole. She, she wasn't part of the system, possibly that had her disempowered. Do, do you know what I mean? That, and that's how women throughout history, I think, have have found.
2: And especially if the father was the
0: powerful one like Rashi's daughters he has the authority to allow some things to be a little different Um, and the women I was just reading an interesting article in preparation for the Real Housewives of the Bible class an interesting article about um, women in traditional societies who were accustomed to not being empowered in, in a certain way they fared often much better in circumstances of oppression and slavery, because they were used to manipulating the system. So all of our matriarchs manipulate the system, all of them. Sipora is more out front about it, but any of them—Sarah, Rivka, all of them—manipulate the system. You know, what I mean, they get they they take control. They just do it in the way that traditionally women could access powers, influencing the men. Having things happen in secret, manipulating other people—that's how that was their channel to power, and that they fared much better in circumstances of slavery and oppression, which is fascinating, Madame. Yeah, um, I understand it correctly
4: that Midianite tradition was the circumcision at marriage. Is
0: that Possibly. Right? We don't really know. We don't
4: really know. But there's just something about the way she sends you know, a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. And it almost feels to me like, I feel like she's claiming Moses in her tradition.
0: So how, would, the, how that would...
4: Somehow God is like, it's kind of like a way of saying, God accepts Zipporah because he backs off, even though she was really an Israelite.
0: So she's taking Moshe fully into Midianite tradition?
4: Yeah. What so, the field like so
0: flesh Jesus. it out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what? So,
0: what What might that so suggest? So, what
4: you're saying, uh, God accepts Zipporah, completely for who she really is as what's his
0: wife, even with her Midianite tradition. Right. And also,
4: he accepts the union of the two of them because she uses a Midianite ritual, and God answers it by backing off
0: it 's very clear, no matter how one reads this, that God accepts Tsorah fully in her role, right, right? Yeah. either as maker of somebody completely within the Israelite tradition, which is interesting or in her own tradition. it 's very clear that Y Buffet accepts Zirah completely, and so there are some who read it the way you know Bert suggested earlier that that Zipporah is the one who gets it, that Moshe's riding the fence, that he's raised Egyptian, he's been hanging out in Midian for a long time, he's been in the house of the high priest of Midian and possibly his priestess wife, and it's Zipporah who gets it. If, you, if you're going to go do this business and, and you're taking our children into this, You better be all... You're driving the kid to Hebrew school. (laughs) And you're going every week. And you better get yourself to Torah study as well. And services once a month. right? You're not doing anything to really make the commitment. And you're dragging us into a serious situation. You need to commit. And it's she who understands that he's been on the fence. And that either whether it's her son or her husband circumcision you know in terms of entering into a specific relationship with the god of Israel had to be done in order for them to be safe this puts a different
1: <clears throat> a different light on Moses because Moses the great teacher just was telling god no i don't want to do this he was reluctant for that it appears as if he doesn't take the lead here then when they go to pharaoh It really is Aaron, his brother, that takes the lead, and he he doesn't come out as a strong leader here. I mean, you would think Moses, yeah, Moses. If you would think he was a strong leader, you'd say, "Well, God, you know, this happened," and so Moses stepped forth, and Moses did this, and and that's not him at all. He's totally silent, and his wife completely takes over the situation. Mm -hmm.
0: And if you think about Moshe's origins, right, it, it was and Pua, and then it was Yocheveh, and then it was the daughter of Pharaoh at the behest of Miriam, right? So Moshe has been passive throughout the entire experience, you might even argue through now, and it's the women in his life who have not only saved his life twice now, three times now, but again here, but to get him to the next place that he needs to be in order to be the leader who's going to take the people out. Moshe, I think, very much is a seriously reluctant leader. And in some ways, the older I get, the more I study this material, the more tragic Moshe's life in some ways appears to me, that he's a reluctant leader. His career is riddled with the people rebelling and, and them criticizing and threatening his life and Aaron's life to, to stone them to death and then at the end of it all he he looks over and is going to see the promise but can't go away I mean in some ways Moshe's life is he would have been happy in Midian you know like I feel like he's a this poor guy like you know
3: so Jewish Going going back even though it's in the first third not mm-hmm. what we're doing now Going back to the beginning of the Moses story, when he kills the Egyptian in the first place, that leads to everything else. Even the, it's an Egyptian who kills a Hebrew, but it's not really clear that that Moses strikes down the Egyptian out of any true sense of solidarity with the Hebrew. It could have it could have just been his sense of justice, or you know, that that seemed completely. What was the point of that? So he takes out the Egyptian. And then when he and then when he talks to uh, comes upon the two Hebrews who are arguing with each other or fighting and he says why are you arguing again it's he's just probably he just made me curious it's not like you know we're Hebrews we're better than this or that kind of thing so it's so it's not even clear at that point that he is sort of bought into any kind of absolutely it's unclear with
0: I read it that he doesn't know right I or, prefer the story that he doesn't know that he's Hebrew. There's nowhere we're told right. he knows he's Hebrew. So he, so some scholars want to go to that incident and they locate the danger to Moshe in that incident because the taskmaster did not kill the Hebrew.
3: Right. He was just, he's
0: just beating the him. Right. The only person who killed anybody was Moshe. That Moshe struck out of anger, struck even if it's a sense of injustice, he, he in anger, slew somebody. That's murder or manslaughter it if it's temporary insanity, right? So, but he, he has blood on his hands.
1: And later he struck the rock.
0: <laughs> Moshe has a, has a temper issue, which is why I think he would have been so much better in Midian, right? Like you leave him alone in the, with the flocks and the whatever. So, um, so some want to suggest that's the danger to Moshe. That's what brings this whole thing on, is that he's going back to Egypt, but he still has blood on his hands. And something has to mitigate. Something has, blood has to pay for blood. We know that from Torah. The blood goes into the ground and cries out. And cries out. Something has to be done. Blood has to answer for blood. And here it is.
3: Did I understand you say that uh, Moses may not have known he was a Hebrew
0: Correct We are never told that he's told He's raised in the palace As the daughter of Pharaoh Yeah but he
3: has, uh, he has family A brother, his
0: sister No, he has a wet nurse No, 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 as an adult So as an adult He, he knows as an adult We don't know when he's told We don't know when he realizes That he is Hebrew We have no idea when that happens. And he
1: certainly wouldn't have been circumcised at eight days. Um, We we don't know. We don't know. know.
0: But but Ruben, he at the, some people want to look, I, those of us who like to read this as he didn't know, um, why do I like to read it that way? Because it makes it a way more better story for me about someone raised with privilege choosing a mission to go help those who are oppressed out of a sense of, you know, taking it on rather than, oh, they're my blood. That lessens for me Moshe's act of courage, not courage, but, you know, of conscience. So, but anyway, he, at the snet, at the burning bush, God says, I am the God of your ancestors, Mm -hmm. Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Some believe this is where Moshe is shown his original birth certificate, (laughs) not the amended one. Not right, my original birth certificate says baby girl cash out. Mm-hmm. Seeing that piece of paper for the first time, right? It didn't say Amy Rose Bernstein. And some people believe that's God showing Moshe the paper that says, Here's who you really are your ancestors were Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov Cohen. <laughs> <They are Hawaii. laughs> all right, all right, so. Um, In either case, I want to just tell you that in the when we were looking at this word "hatan," yes, this word, it can mean son-in-law, which goes to my argument of Tzipora taking the place of Yitro. She steps in, takes the authority of Yitro, making Moshe therefore her son-in-law. In Arabic, this word means the one who is being circumcised. As it means also in Arabic, to protect. This, by the way, this meaning of to protect is also the case in Akkadian. You know, Akkadian is a parent language of Hebrew. So in Akkadian... This means to protect, as it does in a cousin language, Arabic. So if that's the case, and we read this with less focus on Hatan as some kind of kinship title, but rather she's changed the state of Moshe from one in danger to one who's protected. So it is clear that Zipporah is the one who understands what to do it's clear that she is the one who knows the ritual can carry out the ritual can do it in a way that is going to complete Moshe's readiness to now go to Egypt and be protected from the blood business from the destroyer from from whatever's going to go on right from whatever danger is inherent in what he's done or what's coming um, or not being fully in, what that can do, whatever danger it is, she's now changed his status to the protected one, which, um, which is fascinating to me. Um, you should know that the, uh, what does Tiplora's name mean? Bird? Bird. Bird, correct. So, and if we look at religions of that area, Ah, oh, Carmen's going. <laughs> uh, of course, <laughs> right? Isis. I mean, think of think of the powerful goddess figures in that region. Many of them um, have birds as their totem, as their physical representation uh, in the world. Um, and so, I don't think we can ignore that Sipora bird, right? Is there's remnants here. We just—I I have to believe there's remnants here of earlier than Israelite attachment to um, the feminine deity and the priestess of that deity knows exactly what to do. We have the remnants of that tradition here in the tzipora, uh story. We've lost a lot of it, but I would love to see somebody fill out, like Anita Diamant or somebody, fill out um, the Tzipora story, um, honoring right her. Connection to the feminine deity of her people, and functioning as a priestess of her people in a way that is acknowledged and accepted by Yehovah. I just think it's a fantastic and amazing story, particularly for our time when we are dealing with um, so many discussions about uh, interfaith right um, alliances and relationships. And does somebody have to be right and somebody else wrong? Right? Is there a is there a way? Is there a way to, to draw on some of our old stories that uh, that actually challenge that idea that there's only one way, right? And one way forward. All right. So, let's just finish this out. Somebody want to read it? Twenty seven.
3: Yehovah said to Aaron, "Go to meet Moses in the wilderness." He went and met him at the mountain of God, and he kissed him. Moses told Aaron about all the things that Yod He had committed to him and all the signs about which he had been instructed. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the Israelites. Aaron repeated all the words that Yodhe Vavhe had spoken to Moses, and he performed the signs in the sight of the people, and the people were convinced. When they heard that Yod Hevovhe had taken note of the Israelites, and that God had seen their plight. They bowed low in homage.
0: Okay. So this is the the end of that story. I think we we can't ignore that it's an outcome of that story, right, is that Moshe is now completely commissioned. He is now completely protected. He's now changed in status in some way that allows him to truly move forward. And so... um, Yudhei Vafe speaks to Aaron, lech likrat Moshe hamidbara. Go and meet Moshe in the desert. Vayelech keshehu And Aaron goes out to do what? In Hebrew. The story began with Yehudah Vafe coming out to Pagesh Moshe in order to kill him. him. How does that story end? The future high priest of Israel comes out to Pagesh Moshe in order to embrace him. It's lovely. Yes? Lovely. Lovely. So Moshe's status has completely changed. We have a meeting in order you know to set up the consequence and now we have a meeting to set up the consequence of what Sipora does which is to make Moshe embraceable so he goes out to Geshehu, to Pagashim Behar Elohim at the mountain of God va'yishaklo and he kisses him yes And Moshe tells Aharon everything that God has said, including possibly, I'm your brother. I didn't know that. I'm your brother. God told me everything. I I know now, right, what y'all did. I know what mom did, right? And I'm in, essentially. I'm one of you. I'm in. And here's what's happened for me with your God vav Vavhei. Then Moshe and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the Israelites. So they go to the elders. Why? Why not just go to the people? They were respected in those days. They, in those days, they were respected. You can't just go to the people and just start talking about vav Vavhei. Appeared to be a you got to go to the Senate. You got to go to Congress, right? You are Yeah, that is scary. You, <laughs> that's, 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 okay, well, okay, yeah. Let me let me change that. Right? You have to go. You have to go to where the authority is. You got to convince the leaders first that you're for real. You're gonna go. You're gonna go now. Take on the position of prophet for these people. Leader of these people. You better go to the standing leadership. So Moshe and Aaron go to the elders of Israel in order to con- presumably convince them. Right? And so Aaron repeats all the words that Yure had spoken to Moses. Moshe, still passive, still not speaking, right? Um, and then only after that Moshe performs signs in front of the people, and this is what convinces the people. So this
1: is not just the elders at this point. This Correct. is everybody.
0: Presumably, Presumably. That this is this is now. You know that they're gonna. They're convinced that Moshe has some relationship to Yehi because of what they see when they. Hmm? What do they see? We don't know. We don't know. When they heard that Yehi Vafe had to- taken note of the Israelites and that God had seen their plight, they bowed low in homage. Right? They have been acknowledged. They've been heard.